0: boston proper is for women who love distinctive style in styles that don't define them boston proper designs are unique and made to fit flawlessly confident women wear boston proper as an expression of who they are with chic polished styling and unforgettable looks that get noticed anytime every day and on any occasion when you want that certain something in everything you wear wear boston proper shop at bostonproper.com and wear it like no one else
1: this episode is intended for mature audience as it contains adult language. I really, really enjoy sex. Can we talk about your G Spot, Gammy? What you want to talk about, my G-spot? What about it? Have you found it? Do you know where she I, is? I just found her recently. And I don't want this to end up with me on the couch, okay? <laughs> What's up, everybody? I'm Gammy, and this is Positively Gam. Every week, I have raw, in depth conversation with inspirational people pushing for change on everything from relationships, aging, politics, wellness, to the current issues facing the black community. But in this episode, we're going to be talking about sex after 50. Yes! Joining me is Dr. Tiffany Davis Henry, one of the most sought after licensed sex and relationship experts. She even has her own private practice in Atlanta called Intimate Details. And those are exactly the kind of details we all really want to know. So, Dr. Tiffany, tell me more about Intimate
0: Details. And why did you land on that particular name? That's such a good question, Gabby. So, like, when I started thinking about the type of work that I knew I wanted to do within my um, psychotherapy practice, like, I wanted a name that really resonated with the work, but also kind of clued people in that it, what we're gonna be talking about is intimate, but it was within those details that the work and the healing and the transformation actually happens. Now I've found that the women appreciate that name. The men are like, oh no, that means she's getting ready to get in my business. I don't think I want to go. It's kind of a double-edged sword. Some people love it. And then some people are very, very skeptical, but You know, it is the intimate details that I'm after and I can't really help with those, you know, whether it's mental health challenges or sexual challenges without getting to those intimate details. So that's why I picked that.
1: Do you find that your practice is more individuals or does it end up being more couples?
0: I would say it's a good mix of both. And it's also a really good mix of a very, I just have a very diverse clientele. So I see lots of women, lots of straight couples, lots of gay couples, lots of, I I see a lot of trans women. I see um, okay. just couples that are older and I see couples that are just starting out and younger. So it's, it's a wide range of people. There's no set demographic. I will say though, that one thing that I found early on, especially with married heterosexual couples, I would get a lot of calls from men calling for me to see their wives really? Yes. The conversation would go something like this. Like, you know, my wife is having problems. She's just, she just doesn't want to have sex anymore. The, her libido is low or she's having low c- sex desire. And I really don't know what's wrong. So can she make an appointment with you? <laughs> yeah. And I said, well, you know what? She can, but it would be really helpful if you would come too. Because oh, okay. I'm right. like, okay. I think I know what the problem is. <laughs> And the problem is on the other end of this phone can you believe that some man is calling me to fix his wife <laughs> therein lies the problem Gary that's the problem but I can relate to that
1: I can relate to that. absolutely I can relate to feeling like the problem is all yeah, mine yeah. yeah
0: but I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not taking that rap anymore that's the devil's work exactly I think things absolutely change as we age sex, In your 20s is different from sex in your 30s, and it's different as sex in your 40s. It evolves over time. We evolve over time. And if you think about it, it should. I'm not the same person that I was 10, 20 years ago. So why would I think the same things, feel the same things, be the same person in the bedroom? I've got different experiences, different relationships, different abilities. So it definitely changes as you get older, but it doesn't have to dissipate or, you know, just go away. A lot of times I think that people feel like, you know, as I'm getting older, well, I only have so many more years to have sex and then that's over with. And mm -mm, that's not the case at all. And I want to just say too that I know
1: I'm hoping that there are young women that are, are listening to this as well, because hopefully if they're lucky you know, they're not having this challenge now, but they will. <laughs> and I know that yeah. um, for me, things have only gotten better.
0: Good. Say for it. For me. Say that. You know, say that. for me
1: personally, I, I really, really enjoy sex. Yeah. Well, good. good. You don't have to giggle about it. It's like, Say it with your, your chest. chest. <laughs> <laughs> And I guess it's just come from experience and just being open-minded, because I must say that based on what my mother told me about sex, I can certainly understand why I had issues uh, for so many years. Yeah. And what was the
0: messaging though? What was the messaging that your mom gave you? Shame and guilt. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
1: Uh-huh. It was just a lot of shame and guilt, which is so interesting because... My mother was very, and I don't want this to end up with me on the couch,
0: okay? <laughs> well, listen, Gabby, you're not paying me. On the couch. You're Kimmy. not paying me. So this is just girlfriends. If you were paying me, then we'd have a whole nother conversation. So we're just, we're just talking. That's all. Yeah,
1: It was just, it was just really, I, I mean, I, I don't know if it was like the time, mm-hmm. you know, back in the day. But it was just a lot of shame and guilt around sex. Like, don't let a boy put his tongue in your mouth. And, mm-hmm. you know, just making everything kind of dirty and shameful. We did just the opposite with my daughter, yeah. with Jada. Yeah. You know, and never even shared with me that she was having these conversations with <laughs> Jada. So I'm glad she did. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because she did a good job. Jada is quite comfortable with her sexuality. And that wasn't because of me. Because mm-hmm. I shared with Jada
0: what my mother shared with right. me and what my experiences were. Isn't that just like a grandmother though, to go behind your back and undo everything they did? Do? <laughs> <laughs> Who does that? She never said a word. I had no idea until Jada was like an adult mm-hmm. and
1: shared it with me.
0: Yeah. And it's funny because I think the message when when we were younger was. It it centered around a lot of around, especially for girls growing up not getting pregnant. Like that was the number yes. one thing. Don't bring yes. shame to the family, don't get exactly. pregnant. Exactly. You know? Exactly. That's what that's what I felt like. I felt like
1: she was trying to scare us, you
0: mm-hmm. know, out oh, of not yeah.
1: you know getting pregnant. And obviously it didn't work because <laughs> I had Jada when I was 17. Mm-hmm. So Getting back to sex after 50, what kind of changes do you think that we can expect? You know, as our bodies get older.
0: Yeah. So, sexual functioning in and of itself. So you're looking at things like desire or libido, which we've kind of hinted at. You're looking at arousal and the physiology of your body kind of getting itself ready for sex, intercourse and orgasm and that excitement and orgasmic phase as well. So there are so many things that can change, but I think the biggest indicator or one of the biggest indicators of what's going to cause a change in your sexual functioning is going to be hormones. Right. That's one of the biggest ones. Also, right. you know, as you're getting older, you have relationship changes. So as people get older, they may be getting divorced. So you don't necessarily, in back in dating pools and things like that. So you have a different, different of circumstances than maybe you did 20 years ago when you got married. I find that individuals that are older or getting older, over 50, it's a whole new world for them just navigating how to date at this point and when to have sex and what the norms really are. One of the fastest growing populations of people with sexually transmitted infections, the most increased rate are with older adults. They're not wearing condoms. Part of that is, especially with men, there tends to be some sensitivity issues. So, oh, so think okay. about think about it this way. I'm on a medication that lowers my blood pressure. Right. Let's just say that. And erection is blood flow going to the penis. Right. So, I, so now I'm having erectile issues. And one of the things that helps me gain an erection is sensation and feeling. So whether that's through oral sex or through male manipulation or masturbation mm-hmm. or whatever, that's what helps me get hard, right? So now I had to put on a condom, which condoms are designed basically to desensitize and help you to last a little bit longer as well as to protect you from STIs. So putting on a condom for a lot of men as they get older, especially if they already have some erectile dysfunction, they don't wanna do it. And that's why, because it decreases their sensitivity. And then as people get older, um, too, and as a woman, like, let's say these are two, a man and a woman um, having sex, I may have a lot of vaginal dryness. And one of the few things that I want is this latex material rubbing against the vaginal walls when I'm already having a problem with lubrication. But aren't condoms lubricated? Some of them are, and it depends on what they're lubricated with. So some people are allergic to latex. Some people are allergic to certain lubricants <laughs> so or have sensitivities to those things. So it's really important that you know what it is you're putting on and in your body. So sometimes those, some people have irritations just to the lubricant that's on the condom. Right. So it's it's, there are lots of ways that we can like some add-ins and some additions and things that will help out with that. But also, you know, if sensitivity is an issue with, you know, prolonging intercourse, staying hard longer and all of that, you're going to want a lube that's got more staying power too. that's not going to okay. dry out in the middle of sex because then okay. it's not fun anymore. Right. Well, talk to me a little bit
1: before we get into lubrication. Talk to me a little bit about the the female vagina, because it's more than just dryness. Sure. It's also the the thinning of the lining of the vagina, correct? Yes, yes. Because I think people need to really understand what's going on with their bodies, right?
0: Um, and I'm not sure that everybody is is really clear. So one of the things that happens as we age is we tend to have a decrease in the amount of estrogen, right? Right, women do, and estrogen plays a huge role in our sexual health and our, I guess, really even the way that we feel about our sexuality. So estrogen, with low levels of estrogen, is going to decrease your sex drive or decrease your sexual desire your your motivation to be sexual it increases vaginal dryness and with vaginal dryness comes painful intercourse yes so what tends to happen that lining in the vagina tends to get a little bit it tends to get thinner you also have some elasticity issues but estrogen is huge hormone replacement therapies and things like that that replace those estrogens is huge and it makes a Big, big improvement on people's ability to feel more sexual and want to have more sex. When sex is painful, you don't want to have it anymore. Exactly. Exactly. So even if your desire works fine, but if the sex is painful, then your desire is working fine because you don't want to have sex when it's painful. You shouldn't want to have sex when it's painful.
1: So let's talk about you talked a little bit about men is there anything else that we need to know about men as far as the changes that their bodies go through
0: So a lot of I think one of the biggest thing and we did hint on the yeah. erectile issues so for men when I see them in my practice more of their concerns are about premature ejaculation or erectile dysfunction, premature ejaculation meaning basically I'm ejaculating before I would like to. Right. And then erectile dysfunction, I'm not able to obtain or maintain an erection for the length of time that I'd like. Right. Or the hardness that I would like.
1: Yeah. And a lot of their issues may be from medications that they're on, correct?
0: When it has to like do the do blood with, pressure medication. Yeah, and, if it has to do with yeah, definitely with erection it usually is a blood flow thing. So we're talking about blood pressure. We're also talking about diabetes as well. So- And w- would that affect their libido as well? It Well, <laughs> so libido is a funny thing because it's tied to so many things. If your performance isn't what you want it to be, then it's not gonna make you wanna have sex as much. So libido, sexual desire is one's motivation to be sexual. So okay. if I am- feeling like, you know, I'm not performing at my best. I can't stay hard for longer than 30 seconds. I don't want to have sex anymore, because it's not fun. It's almost like the person um, that says, I've never had an orgasm. They don't want to have sex, because there's no payoff at the end. (laughs) Yeah, Their goal is either to last a certain amount of time, or to climax, or to have their partner climax. And if they can't do those things, it makes them less motivated to have sex. Got so it, it does impact the libido in a way, in a roundabout way. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of this is, really is psychological too. Then When someone walks in my office and says they have some sort of sexual issue, whether it's orgasm, or sexual desire, or Um, Just being aroused. I'm looking at three things. I'm looking at the biological, psychological and social issues. Yeah. So biological being hormones or uh, medications or illness that they've had and things like that that would impede the physiology of whatever's impacting them. Then I'm looking at the psychological stuff. So are they depressed? Are they fatigued? How are they sleeping? Are they super anxious? Do they have difficulty with concentration or control? All of the psychological things that I would look at on a normal person and then kind of figuring out where those dots connect for them sexually. And so if you are partnered with someone that you do not like or the sex isn't what you would like it to be, yeah, I always say you're like, your vagina talks to you. It really does. And it will shut down on you so fast. If you- <laughs> so sometimes that dryness is not about there being some sort of hormonal issue. But also, and I'm sure you have girlfriends that have experienced this, people stay together way past expiration dates. Right. And that's something that, you know, when I see couples like that, I want to know what it, what that thing is when things turned off and what it is we can do to kind of fix that. If they want to now there are some couples who could care less about exactly their sex life. that's that's yeah. the
1: other thing that I wanted to say like
0: some yeah. people are okay with it yeah you know yeah. they they're they're totally fine with it So has there ever been not in this current relationship right but in previous relationships has there ever been a time where maybe you didn't feel like having sex or your partner didn't and that became like an issue a real issue in your relationship yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It was an issue to the point where my husband at the time wanted us to go to a sex therapist. Did you go? I did not, but we were in therapy already. Uh So I did not go to a sex therapist. But, you know, I was able to have conversation about it and just release some some of that guilt and shame that I had on. But and what he said to me was, don't you want to feel good? Mm. And I had to really think about that. I had to really yeah. think about that, like because once I was actually engaged, I did absolutely yes, yeah.
0: But I, it was just getting there. Oh, oh, oh! So you're saying like I didn't necessarily have the desire before sex started. But once sex got going, then it was great. Right. So the sexual desire was the part that you were missing. Right. And so you feel like it was that part of you that had been told like sex is bad. You shouldn't enjoy sex. You this is not or what was it? I think it was a little bit
1: of that. I think as as time went on, it turned out to be the relationship itself and a lot of what you were saying before. Yeah. If you're if you're not happy
0: in the relationship, then Yeah. Yeah. You're kind of forcing yourself to do something that like you really not that interested in doing. And granted, people can have great sex and not like the person, right? but it doesn't necessarily make you desire it. It's just like, I do it because, you
1: know, it's the stick I need. And then as time went on and I was having the physiological symptoms, I felt like I was being made to feel like it was
0: I needed to figure it out. Instead of we need to figure it out. And so that's why that example resonated with you. I think that I gave at the beginning, because what typically happens, especially with men, they feel like the person with the low desire is the person that's broken yeah. yeah and it's a so problem. it was my problem. Yeah. So we're going to send her to therapy or him to therapy. I'll sit home and wait on her to get fixed. Right. And then we can go ahead. And so, and that's not the way that I work. Yeah. As a sex therapist. And most sex therapists won't work that way. Yeah. Because what we know is that there are two people in this relationship. And there is often something that that other person is doing or not doing that is causing the sexual desire to be low. And so whenever I would get those calls and it's just like, well, can you just see this person and fix them and send them back to me? No, I need to see you too, sir. Yeah. It could be that you have talked down to her for so many years and she's just sick of it and she doesn't like you anymore. Hello? And your behavior, She, I can't make her want to have sex with you. Actually, her vagina is working just fine. She should not want to have sex with you because yeah. of how you're acting. And so sometimes people need to hear that and see that, that it's not just because They are the identified patient. The one with the issue does not mean they are the one with the problem. Got it. Yeah. Got it.
1: All right. So let's move on to toys and lubes. Because I feel like some of these toys are very complicated. Now, I, for one, have never been someone who is really interested in using toys. I just really didn't get it. And my mm-hmm. girl, I can remember my girlfriend, I, we were talking about it and it was several of them at the same time that said, you don't use toys.
0: <laughs>
1: and I was like,
0: no. Well, listen, when you and, got a man to know what he doing, you don't. Well, I, well that's true. But it turns <laughs> out that my husband was mm-hmm. the one who
1: bought me my first toy. Awesome, I thought that was interesting, so it's it's fine, but it's it's a very basic yeah. toy, and sometimes I look at these things that they just look like contraptions. I'm like, ah. I- mm-hmm what are you supposed to, they don't come with directions. Like,
0: I almost feel like I need a video. Like, you know, you can show me what, what I'm supposed to do with this. (laughs) Most of the toys do have videos that go with them. If you go to the actual distributor's website. Okay. But you know, some of the other videos might be a little too pornographic. So toys and lubes. So one of the, I think one of the greatest gifts, especially as we age for women and for men, one of the greatest gifts is lubricant.
1: Yes, and which are the best? Because for me, in my experience, it has been mm-hmm. a real struggle. Seriously, because okay, I'm gonna help either, you out with it, either I'm putting on too much, and then
0: we're just slipping and sliding all over the place, or you know, it's not enough. You know, so it certainly does. It does depend on what it is that you're doing and what it is that you're needing at the time. So, one of the best brands, the brand that I really love and I always will recommend to people is called Sliquid, S L I Q U I D. And they make natural and organic loops. And that is why I like them because all of their things, they're usually glycerin free, paraben free. And just very, very easy on the skin, l- the least amount of skin irritations. And they come in a lot of different variations. Okay. I have one here. This is liquid oceanics. Um, this particular one is botanical infused. And so it has like carrageenan, nori, and wakame. But lubricant is just so, it's, it's one of those things where people just want to be a hero and don't want to use it and you you need to if your body isn't doing what it normally would do especially as we're aging have the lube by the bed there is no shame in that even younger people right you know your bodies don't always work your vagina ain't always doing what you want it to do at the time that you want it to do it so in terms of the types of lube though there are basically three main types there's water-based there's silicone based and then there's a hybrid meaning there's a mixture of the two water-based lubes are really great Obviously, they're water-based. Silicone loops tend to be a lot thicker yeah, or a little bit thicker because they're not water-based. The great thing about silicone-based lubes is they have more staying power. Okay. So if you're looking for something, let's say for anal sex, I would not recommend a water-based lube because it's going to dry out quicker. And we know that the anus does not self-lubricate like the vagina does. So you want something that's actually going to stay there mm-hmm. <laughs> and be there for a minute. But because of that thickness, a lot of people don't like it for vaginal sex sometimes. Yeah. But with water-based lubes, though, even though they're great, they will dry out quicker. Okay. So you might find that you need to reapply it. So it is about and so hybrids are really good because it's kind of the gift of both, either a little bit thicker, but they're not as watery.
1: Now, let me tell you what what I use, too. I have like these little vaginal and suppositories that once again, yeah. my good, good friend shared with me yeah. that they were great. And it's nothing but cocoa butter. It's an estriol in it, mm-hmm. vitamin E and beeswax. Yeah. Yeah, these little tiny little suppositories yeah. that I yeah. that I use in 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 the and vagina they well. and they work really really well. Now I still feel like I tend
0: to need a little lubricant. Yeah. For actual intercourse there are some women and and you probably will have some listeners that can attest to this. We're just walking around during the day at the grocery store. They're having like this feeling of chafing or just vaginal dryness just from walking around. And so those suppositories are really great. And you were talking about, you were talking about anal sex, which, which Mm -hmm. I I would like
1: to just touch on a little bit because in another conversation, a woman was saying that vaginal penetration as she got, older was so painful mm-hmm. for her that she just could not tolerate it. She chose anal sex. Interesting. And I thought that was like, that's insane. I had a very brief attempt at that <laughs> as a young woman. And I was like, mm-hmm. absolutely
0: stop that right now. Don't stop. <laughs> stop. So anal sex doesn't have to be bad. Uh, one of the things that helps immensely is lube. So that is, that's step number one. And then the right type of lube is step number two. The other thing that really helps is the person that is receiving has to be in control. Mm. And that's where people make the mistake. The person that is penetrating usually tries to be in control, but because the anus does not lubricate, And because it has so many nerve endings there, it is prone to tearing. And the the skin is so thin in the anus. It is very, very much prone to tearing. So the person that's penetrating would never have an idea about it being painful. Right. The person on the receiving end would. So that's the person that kind of needs to start with movements and making sure that it goes at a pace that they need it. And a lot of people, once they switch who's in control and have the right lube and pacing is worked out, they have a better experience, but it's not something I, I usually tell people to start with the smallest thing that they have, like start with a finger before you go with the penis. Okay. And that, and that's a good thing because she never did clarify. Yeah. Anal stimulation is, is one of those things. Like I have, I have a toy here somewhere um, and I put it out because I didn't know we was going to talk about anal sex again. Yeah. See well,
1: I, I know that. And my husband tells me that, like, listen, there are women out here that enjoy that because I'm always like, what? Ah. And he's like, listen, relax on that, because there are people
0: that actually enjoy that. Yeah yeah and it's and there are people that don't enjoy some things that you enjoy. Right. So just when you think about it that way, we all have our own kink. Exactly. We all have our things that we like. Right. But anal sex, what I'm going to show you is just is an example of a toy. This is a bit alarming for some people, but this is an anal plug, and they come in different types of materials and um, iterations. This is stainless steel. Gammy. Good God um and it is quite heavy <laughs> it has some weight to it and this could be for a man or a woman God. right use a lot of lube and they come in smaller sizes and things like that with this if it's this for a man it is really good for prostate stimulation guys tend to like this oh for that and for women sometimes a lot of women will use these butt plugs or anal beads or things like that and leave them in they use use them for stimulation of the anus, right? Whether they're having sex or not. But I've known plenty of women to leave these types of things in while they're having sex. And the type of orgasm or the fullness that they feel. It, it looks like a metal, almost like a metal dildo.
1: But it's smaller, it's smaller, it's smaller, smaller. than that. Yeah. Well, it's short. And,
0: and you got to make sure you have the ring on the end of it, too, because you don't want anything getting stuck up in there. You need to be able to just pull it right on out. But it, it looks like it does not look comfortable to
1: me, but it does have kind of a curve in it. Yeah. Kind of. So I guess that's
0: where the price. Yeah, is. Yeah, it's going to go right on in. Yeah. And then. It'll hit the prostate in a way that is super stimulating to guys. And then, like I said, for women that use these, they just have the words that they use are like fullness. Like if they ha- have this inserted in the anus while they're having sex, there is a different type of stimulation and orgasm or wow. vaginal orgasm that they get. That's interesting. I'm going to let that mm-hmm. stay right over there, though. that's fine. that that is absolutely fine so can we talk can we talk about your g-spot gammy what you want to talk about my g-spot what about it have you found it do you know where she is okay i just found her recently what's going on what's her name for women that don't know i think I always love to talk about that just because a lot of people feel like, okay, a clitoral orgasm, yeah, I know what that is. I have those all the time. Vaginal orgasm's okay, but the G-spot orgasm seems to be pretty elusive. It is. For a lot of people, they either feel like they don't have a G-spot or they never had the orgasm or if they've had it, they've had it once or twice or, and what usually happens is they don't allow themselves to have it. So the G-spot, I'm going to stand up just for a minute. Although I know like, this is a podcast and folks can't always see. I can see. Okay, yes. And you'll tell the people. <laughs> so if you're standing up in front of me, it, if, if I were to insert my right. fingers this way, mm-hmm. right? It is about two to three inches up here. Right. In, within the vaginal wall, pelvis, all of that, right? right? So about two, to yes. three inches. And it's going to feel kind of like a bean okay. or a pea, a lima bean. It's just, yeah, it's just yeah, a little kind bit of- Yeah, kind of puppy. So, with prolonged stimulation of the G spot, you will have a different type of orgasm than like your clitoral orgasm or your vaginal orgasm. And a lot of women will report squirting, which is Mm. a gush of fluid when they have an orgasm. A lot of times it's going to feel like you're peeing or that you have to pee. So when you're in bed or when you're wherever you are with your partner and they're stimulating you with their hands or even if it's with a toy and you start to have that feeling of, oh my gosh, I have to pee. I got to stop. A lot of times it's not that you have to pee. It's just that the G-spot sits next to the skin's gland. So the G-spot with prolonged stimulation, it becomes a lot more pronounced or more engorged with blood, right? So that makes it thicker. And when that happens, is that it starts to press up against the bladder, that engorgement, that little lump that you're starting to feel, it's gonna press up against the bladder. And for some people, that causes what feels like contractions of the bladder or spasming of those bladder muscles. And it's usually not that you have to pee, but that sensation is what's making you feel as though you do. And if you're one of those lucky or blessed individuals who has experienced a G-spot orgasm, you know, if you're having that prolonged stimulation, while it may seem like or feel like you're gonna pee, that fluid is actually coming from the skein's gland, which sits right next to the urethra on either side. And that is thought to be kind of a female prostate. And it is an ejaculate. It is not urine, but it is a hell of a good time. And it's a great orgasm. (laughs) And I like to say that it's a neat party trick for people that actually can do it. But more often than not, if you're feeling like you have to urinate or pee, um, and you know that your bladder is empty, just ride that feeling on out and you will probably have one of the best orgasms of your life. And to ensure that you don't pee, just pee before you start. Pee before you start love making. Pee before you start your intercourse. Pee before you start, like just pee first. And then you don't have to worry about that. You'll already know in your mind, okay, this is not, I don't have to pee because I just peed.
1: Yeah, well, that, that was very interesting when I found that spot.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I bet it was. I
1: found that spot myself.
0: (laughs) When you have those vibrators, and I think you mentioned some of these that kind of have a curve at the top Mm -hmm. or the rabbit or a hook or whatever, a lot of times it's so that it gets to that G-spot. So sometimes oh. when they have those tips on them that look a little funny or they curve over, that's for G spot pleasure. That's what Got those toys it. are for. okay. Right. So I'm gonna scare you again, Gammy. I'm so sorry. Oh Lord. in advance. <laughs> this is another toy. It's by it's by the same company. It's called Enjoy N J O Y. Um, and it's this.
1: In the entirety. <laughs> Are you
0: supposed to do with that huge thing? It's not that big. It's, it's not long. It's not that, it is long, but the whole thing isn't going in there. My goodness. Oh, so here's the thing. This is called a pure wand. It looks like a great
1: big smiley face. That's the shape of
0: it. The yeah. smile part. Yeah, it's but, but like it really a does make it, smile. It hooks, in. it hooks right, leads you right to the G spot. The thing about the lube, so you could use a, a water-based or a silicone-use lube with something like this. Um, but most of the toys that you have um, on the market today are going to be some form of silicone. And you never want to use, this is super important, you never want to use a silicone lube with a silicone toy. Wow. It sounds kind of It it sounds like you would want to do that. But what happens with silicone loops is they start to break down the integrity of the toy. Ah. And so you end up getting more bacteria and things like that in it. And then the toy, you end up having to throw the toy away sooner than you would. Now that is,
1: that is one thing too about the metal Mm-hmm. Um, toys that you've been showing it does look like they're easier to clean and Absolutely. maintain not a whole lot of
0: crevices and yeah and with any of those make sure that they're I always say medical grade silicone is what I look for and it'll say it on the package sometimes you do have to spend a little bit more but I think it's so much better and those products are safer you want to um, try and make sure that they don't have things like parabens or phthalates, which is a toxic gas kind of chemical that they put to preserve uh, toys and things. You don't want those in those products because you're putting those toxins then into your body. So right. get medical grade products. So stainless steel is great. Medical grade silicone, glass, is really good. Now, we got to get these men involved. So the next two that I'm going to show you are for men. Okay. Or or couples toys. I say couples toys. They're for men, but it really is going to benefit you. So one of the things that guys tend to be intimidated by, obviously, are those big dildos, the big penises with the rabbit on the end and the pearls that spin around and all the Because their penises will never do that. right? And so a lot of times they feel like, well, if if you're doing that, like, what can I do? That's a lot of times why they don't like toys. So what we want to do is kind of empower guys. They don't have to be scared of it. And I think we can include them in the process. So this is one thing that I recommend to include them in the process is a penis ring. Yes. This is a, a different type of penis ring. Again, this is a rechargeable toy, medical grade silicone. This expands, so it Mm -hmm. goes over the penis and at the base of the penis, so closest to the body, right? Right. And so what happens is as he becomes erect, it causes the blood flow to stay at the penis. So if I have a guy who has problems with maintaining an erection, a penis ring is really, really good because it's going to attract blood flow towards the end of the penis. So you're
1: supposed to put that on in the beginning before he gets erect?
0: Yes, Okay, or at the beginning of the process.
1: Process,
0: right? The beginning of the process is a little bit easier, but even after he's erect, it's going to stretch. So, yeah, you can put it on after he's erect, and then it traps blood flow there. The great thing about this one is that it vibrates, right? So he then feels like he's got a penis as a power tool as he's penetrating you. You're feeling that vibration too, so you're getting clitoral stimulation. See. Okay, because I, 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 I have one you. of those that I didn't know how to use. Yeah, and I think a lot of people wait until they're erect to put them on, Okay, which I think is fine. Just put it on, base of the penis, turn it on, it vibrates. He feels amazing because he feels like he's doing something he ain't never done before. It's erotic. Okay. And then for you, he starts to, his penis does kind of vibrate a little bit, but as he's as he's going in and out penetrating, you're feeling that on your clitoris, which is so oh. nice. You will love it. You will, lo- you will love this okay. and you will love it. So definitely try it. Okay. I d- definitely try this. And I have one. Get yes. It. All right. You don't have to go shopping. All now right. The next- <laughs> you got homework today, girl. <laughs> now, the next one is another one that you're going to be like, what in the world is that? So this last one is one that does confuse people when they see it, but they get it have you seen something that looks like this? I have. And I wh- what's don't I know give? how that does. Okay. Mm. I'm explaining this to you too. Do you have one of these? No, I don't. Okay. You're going to get one. So oh. this is a WeVibe, W-E-B-I-B-E, And they have a lot of different versions of this. They're probably up to like five or six now. But what this is, is a couple's toy. You can use this individually for you, or it can be for you and him. I love it as a couple's toy. This is a toy that I give to people when they get married. Like this is my wedding gift. (laughs) This bottom part is inserted in you. And this is a rechargeable toy too. There's a little itty bitty hole. I don't even think you can see, you can barely see it It's right here Mm -hmm. and it's waterproof. So let's say this is the vagina, Mm -hmm. right? It go, the bottom part goes in just like this. Right. Okay. So it's inside the vagina, clitoris is here. So this part is vibrating. So you're getting clitoral stimulation, right? He enters you here. So he's feeling the vibration on his penis. And, and, as he enters, it's pushing up against your G-spot. So you're getting clitoral and G-spot stimulation and his penis is getting stimulated. So this is, you have to have this. You have to. This is great. Wow. We vibe. And it's medical grade silicone again. So this is something that is super easy to clean and you'll use a water-based lubricant with this.
1: The cock ring and the wee vibe. I'm definitely feeling the the wee vibe. All right, so on to debunking some of these sexual myths that are out here because there there are plenty. So number one, after menopause, women
0: experience a permanent decrease in libido. True or false? False, false, false. Some people do experience increases or decreases. I think that sexual desire, hands down, is the number one thing that brings people into my office when they have a low sexual desire, but the truth is that 80% of women at some point in their life will have low sex desire. Exactly. Almost all. And I actually think that that number is higher. I think all of us will experience it at some point. It ebbs and flows. It fluctuates depending on where you are in the relationship, where you are in life cycle, where you just are in life. so Exactly, exactly. Because I know like in my 50s, I really I was going through a lot of medical
1: issues at that time, too. And mm-hmm. so I had a huge drop in my libido. But now, you know, now I'm in my 60s and it seems like my libido has really come back full force. And I think a lot of that has to do with my relationship as well. Mm hmm.
0: And probably, too, your relationship with yourself. Yeah. Like, yeah, and having been through all of that. So I always tell my friends who are struggling, like, keep hope alive. (laughs) It'll come (laughs) back. Don't, don't, no worries. Yeah, you know, they always say, you know, and I think it's important to remind, and I've been reminding myself of this all year, 2020, is this too shall pass. So even if it's a good time that you're having and great sex, this too shall pass. Mm -hmm. It might. But if it's bad, this too shall pass. It will pass. Right, right. Okay, uh, myth number
1: two. Orgasms disappear after menopause. True child or false? no. Child yeah. no.
0: We ain't doing that. Exactly. We, ain't, we, we ain't living that life. <laughs> no. That's what you. I, I can definitely, that. definitely attest to that. that no, is they false. may be a little bit more challenging to get at times, and you may find different types of orgasms as you age. Just like you, you just found your G spot. Right. Hallelujah. but there are people who have anal orgasms and find a different type of orgasm wow Um, yeah so I think our orgasmic capacity changes over time whereas you know some women say you know a clitoral orgasm I always get it and then there becomes a time when like it's not as easy to get or a vaginal orgasm has been evasive all these years but yeah. finally you're able to have them so it it's gonna fluctuate the type of orgasm you have is it things will work sometimes and not that's why I position different positions are great and toys are awesome okay
1: one thing you do you just talked about is positioning mm-hmm. what is the best way to try to introduce different positions?
0: There are, you can get these on Amazon or sex toy shops and even some just regular Barnes and Noble freestanding bookstores will have books of sex positions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think those are great because a lot of times we get stuck in our head about the positions that we've always done or that our partner has always done. And we can't really think outside of the box. Sometimes it takes a visual of seeing a different position to say, oh, I don't know if my body can do that or, you know, right. let me do it. And so I think trying different positions is great. And especially, especially as we age, certain positions may cause pain. So lying on your back might not be the thing for you for a long period of time. If you have, let's say, sciatic nerve problems or different types of issues, or maybe leg pain will cause you not to be able to do a certain position. So definitely as we age, we have to think about different positioning. Another kind of pseudo toy is a wedge. A lot of there are a lot of Liberator makes one. I think Candy makes one now. Candy and, makes
1: one. And I, you yeah. know, I actually just saw that recently and I was like, wow, I think I'm, I might want to try that.
0: It's a good idea, especially because it takes pressure off certain areas of the body. It allows you to position yourself. So before buying it, if you're trying to decide uh, if this will be helpful or not, use the of pillows to mm-hmm. see how it, if you have kind of an adjustable mattress, use that to your advantage as well, just to see if a different positioning of your head or your hips or your legs would help. But those position books really do help because I think sometimes we get kind of stuck in our ways and don't think about things. But if you take, Take it, take positioning and use that as kind of your sex toy. A lot of people find greater comfort. Also like straps and I know swings and all of those kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Those aren't necessarily the things that people envision themselves having in their bedroom, but they certainly do help, especially when we talk about like disability or not being able to have like missionary style sex or I need to be sitting up because of how, you know, my back or my leg pain or whatever. You can still have sex and have some ailments and things going on. You just have to have the right supports in place to be able to do it. Right. And what would you say is the best way to
1: introduce that kind of discussion, though? I still find it just a tad bit awkward.
0: So, one th- one thing that I would suggest is to have people listen to this podcast. Just <laughs> um, <laughs> say, "You know what? Will you listen to this podcast with me and then we can talk about it afterwards. <laughs> what did you learn?" <laughs> Let me tell you what I took away. Right, yeah, right. So so that kind of thing. I think also one thing that I, I do have people do, especially when they're in my office, and granted, they're in my office because they have some sort of issue. Yeah. I love a good always sometimes and never list for people so always are the things and and couples will work on theirs independently and then share it with people but when it comes to sex like these are the things that I will always do I'm always down for oral sex I'm always gonna you know kiss the back of your neck like you like it or whatever it is sometimes we can do anal but just don't be expecting that every time because I got to get my mind around that there's always there. Are these always sometimes and never things. And then get a person, get each of you in the um, in the relationship to write your own list and then swap them out, share them with each other. That's one way. Oh, that's a good way. I like that. I like that. And then once we get that book of positions. Right. I would if it's a paper book and I know we don't necessarily want to destroy books, but one thing that you could do is tear out each page ball it up or fold it up, put it in a big basket or jar And each night. Draw one. You have, yeah. And then it's the surprise.
1: Oh, that's cool. That's a great idea yeah. too. See, I like that. Okay, cool. This has been a blast. Thank you so much for sharing your, You're your so expert welcome. advice. You guys can find all of Dr. Tiffany's information on our website, drtiffany.com. And we will definitely need to have a part two so I can share. Yes, Yes, because you got homework, girl, and I need to know everything that happens. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Here are a few takeaways from my conversation with Dr. Tiffany. Number one, the person with the problem is not always the one causing it. Hmm. Number two, aging is a process. We all will go through it if we're blessed. So give yourself grace. Number three, the always, sometimes, never list. Great idea to start a conversation about trying new things. Number four, no silicone on silicone. Got it? No silicone on silicone. Remember that. That's important. Number five, remember to pee first before sex. And on that note, I'm headed out to get my wee vibe. Thank you guys for listening. And thank you again to my guest, Dr. Tiffany Davis-Henry. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate and review the episode. Follow me on Instagram at Adrian Banfield Norris to share with me your thoughts on the episode. I'm here, I'm talking, and I'm listening. And as always, stay grateful. Positively Gam is produced by Westbrook Audio. Executive producers Adrian Banfield Norris, Jada Pinkett Smith, Amanda Brown, and Fallon Jethro. Co executive producer Sim Hoti. Segment producer Ash Francis. Associate producers Erica Ron and Colby Hartberg. Editor and mixer Calvin Bailiff. Positively GAM is in partnership with Art19.